on the field, and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. And a fly ball right side. Moving over Escobar in foul territory. He makes the catch on the warning track, and this one is over. 10-3 the final. The Brewers take down the Cleveland Indians. Game one of this series, and the crew has won three in a row. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee, with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Bolley. They just keep winning. They just keep winning. Another win for the Brewers today as they knock off Cleveland by a 10-3 score in a game where Adrian Howe is a really weird line. This is about as weird of a line as you are going to see. Two runs, none earned, one hit, five strikeouts, five walks. He gets the win. He doesn't give up an earned run. Just a weird line for him. A bunch of home runs being hit in this game. Lorenzo Kane hitting a grand slam. Just a lot of things happening. A lot of things happening in this game. And the Brewers come away with the win, 10-3. So the magic number drops one. It will only drop one. Cincinnati got a win tonight uh, against St. Louis by a 4 to score as the Reds continue to uh, really stay in contention for a wild card spot. They're now trailing the Padres by a half game, and the Padres and the Dodgers have no score at the moment in the top third. We'll keep you updated on all that as we go along through the evening, have you for the next 57 minutes up until 11 o'clock this evening. Want to join us? Multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or text. I about said call and or text, but you probably want to call or text. You're calling and texting a little a little, little much, but hey, if you want to, I'm not going to get mad at you. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk text line. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's bring in uh, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, and Augie will certainly uh, break things down more in depth as we go along throughout the course of the program, but just from a, from a really general pers- perspective, what a weird line for Adrian Hauser. Yeah, you, you know how competitive he's been and how he's been going out and being able to dominate the strike zone. I think, it, you know, every once in a while as a as a starting pitcher, you get out and you have feel for different pitches or the scouting report might be a little bit different. You want to go out and start a little bit different way. I thought tonight when he went out as opposed to last time, last time he was just dominating with his fastballs, could locate it, threw it in great spots. This time I think he wanted to start the game and show the Cleveland Indians uh, that he could still throw all his pitches, and he really did. He threw a lot of different pitches in that first inning, got behind a lot of guys, and he faced eight guys. Five of those guys he was behind, and then he had a couple misplays. But uh, he bounced back so well. Uh, three to six innings were clean innings. He started getting command of the fastball. And I think the one thing I liked about him tonight, he used a variety of pitches. He used his changeup, used his breaking ball, had a good overhand breaking ball today along with his slider. Mixed his pitches up well. But I like the way from that first inning where you you say, well, it could be a so-so night, he bounced back and made it a very good night. Yeah, and we'll, we'll certainly get more into his day and his usage and the pitches that he threw today. And then bullpen comes in and, for the most part, does a, a pretty nice job, obviously, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, again, a good day. Luis Urias hits another home run, a little bit of an off day defensively for him. That's You get worried about Urias at shortstop that maybe he gets overexposed from a defensive standpoint. He did not play great from a uh, defensive standpoint uh, in the uh, series finale against the Phillies on Wednesday. He doesn't have a great defensive 
day to day, but he keeps hitting, and that's that's kind of the the bottom line. It scares you when you think about him in the postseason, but at the same time, he's been a much better defensive third baseman than he's been a defensive shortstop. So uh, the defensive issues that maybe we see at shortstop are not uh, you don't apply them quite as much to his uh, where he might be during the postseason because you would think and hope that Willie Adamas is going to be back. Adamas is uh, on the road to returning as uh, Tyron Taylor. Same thing. Tyron Taylor headed to a uh, rehab assignment, so he should be back sooner than later as well. So the Brewers seemingly getting healthy. They just keep winning baseball games. Even I, I don't think they played their best baseball game today, and they still won a game by a 10-3 score, which is... Um, which is something. It is absolutely something. Brewers get the win today. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. My name is Matt Pauley. Jerry Augustine is here as well, former Brewers pitcher. We've got you until 11 o'clock. We'll continue on with the program in just a moment here on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Urias, and he turns on this one to deep left field. Zimmer's back. He's at the track. He looks up. It is gone for Luis Urias. A two-run blast, his 20th of the season. And the Brewers grab a 3-2 lead. Brewers Extra Innings does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting in to the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, let's grab a couple text messages that have come in. Uh, Jerry in Bayview uh, text in says, uh, amazed at Kane's average since he's been backed will uh, need him to maintain to get to the World Series. Augie, when you take a look at his numbers since his return, he has appeared uh, in 33 games since coming back off the injured list. In that time, he's hitting 270 with five home runs, 24 RBIs, a 784 OPS. When we look simply at the month of September, which admittedly is a very small sample size, it's only seven games, but in September so far, he's hitting 318 with two home runs, eight RBIs, and an OPS of better than 1,100. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive what Kane is doing here at the moment. It sure is. You know, we all understand he's such he's a great outfielder and one of the best center fielders in all of baseball. But, you know, it's with his bat. He can do so many things. He's so versatile. The one thing I really like about him, you can put him anywhere in the lineup. You can hit him first or second or even the fourth or fifth in, in the order where he can drive in some runs. Or you can put him late in the order where you have him right now. And he has such a plays such a big role with this ball club. And like you just said, he's been swinging the bat very well. He's patient at the plate. He takes what he's given. Uh, Situations come up. I think he's a great situation hitter. If there's a runner on base, needs to get him over. You see him trying to hit the ball the opposite way behind a runner and get him over. He's one of those guys. When you talk about a guy from the offensive side, he does so many little things 
that helped the ball club. And that's just at the plate. It doesn't include this, the great ability that he has a, uh, of his knowledge of when he runs the bases. So he is just a, a, a very important part of this ball club. I think the Brewers are, are excited to have him back and playing as well. But I also want to compliment Craig Council on how he's using him. He gets him, gets him in the games three or four days in a row. Then he gets him a day off or a two-day rest. And I think that has really helped him off the injuries that he's had coming into this season. I think a healthy Lorenzo Kane makes the Milwaukee Brewers a better ball club. Uh, the second part of Jerry's text message reads, hoped Hauser would go more than 100 tosses with an eight-run lead. I, I think there's a little bit of confusion here with uh, Jerry because Adrian Hauser threw 103 pitches today, so I, I don't know what he meant by that. Uh, 103 pitches. I find that to be interesting, too, Augie, when we talk about the pitch count, because for me, we, we saw Freddie Peralta the other day get pulled at 80, and I, maybe I'm wrong on this, and I'll be the first to admit that I'm wrong if it, if it turns out that way, but I get the sense that we'll probably see Peralta be held to about 80 pitches or so, uh, at least probably until the final week of the season, just to limit his innings pitched. But here they are with Hauser and allowing him to go 100-plus pitches in, in back-to-back starts. It, to me, it's, it's just interesting how they've got a different kind of program, a different plan for everybody, and they don't seem to be taking the foot off the pedal at all with Adrian Hauser. They're just going to watch him a little bit closer. He's coming off. He hasn't thrown in a while, and he's only made three starts since he's been back. Uh, our two stars now are going to be making his third in a regular routine. I think it's just going to depend on how the game, flow of the game goes. If he doesn't have a lot of tough innings, he'll be able to go a little bit deeper and uh, how he throws the ball. I think Adrian Hauser, after showing that complete game and throwing 100 pitches like he did last time out, really showed the Brewers that, you know what, He's the guy that wants to take that next step. He wants to be able to fight through times when he struggles a little bit, and he knows he can come up on the good side. I thought tonight was one of those. I think if you think about Adrian Hauser, and maybe, Matt, you'll disagree with me, if you take Adrian Hauser tonight as opposed to maybe five weeks ago, he probably doesn't pitch a sixth inning five weeks ago. Tonight, he pitches a sixth inning. Why? Because he's gone out and he's proven to his manager that he can take the ball, go out, and give you the good, strong innings that he can finish the game off to where you want him to do. And I thought he did an excellent job tonight. Yeah, I think I agree with your premise. I don't know if I agree with your timeline. Uh, I'd have to go back and see where he was at five, six weeks ago. It de- there certainly was a point seemingly in the season where they were giving him a lot more leash on how long they were going to allow him to go. So I, th- I think your point is very valid. And the the other side of this, Augie, and I, not, not to dismiss anything that you just said, but I think maybe even the more important thing here is if Adrian Hauser issues five walks – at the beginning of this season, certainly last season or any time before, he's not walking out of that game giving up no earned runs. Like that's just the the fact that he was able to battle the way he did when he didn't have his best stuff, that to me really shows him taking another step forward. Yeah, that's that educational process and that's that growth process you like to see in young pitchers and you know, we talked early in the season about you, you talk about a killer instinct or a or a confidence on the mound to be able to go out there and, and able to pitch to 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 get people out. Well I think he's found that. I think we've seen him turn the corner where he understands that even though he's in tough situations or maybe the night's not going or he's maybe mislocating a little bit, he's got to stay to his game plan. He's got to stay to his strength. And sometimes it's not about throwing the ball velocity-wise. It's more about locating 
and keep your keeping your sequence and executing those pitches. And I thought the first inning got a little off kilter, a little bit with some of his pitches, but then after that he got really in sync and he used all his pitches effective tonight. Great seeing that breaking ball. He used his changeup effectively, and that fastball was was dynamic as it usually is. You get twelve ground balls in in six innings, you're doing pretty good. Just a reminder for you, we do have a traffic alert. There is a full freeway closure in effect on I-43 southbound through the Marquette Interchange due to a five-vehicle crash that does include injuries. That's right around Wells Street. Traffic is being diverted to I-94 westbound, so if you're not moving right now and you're in that, you know what's going. Uh, if you are headed in that direction, don't head in that direction because it's just uh, it's a bad place to be right now. We'll keep you updated on that as we go along throughout the course of the evening. Brewers come up with a nice win over the Cleveland Indians by a 10-3 score. Again, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Maybe you are just sitting in the parking lot that is I-43 right now, and you're like, you know what, let's talk a little bit about this Brewers game. We'll talk to you on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620, or tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. If you're using your device, be safe as you uh, sit in that. Maybe let the person in the passenger seat operate your cellular telephone or whatever device you're using. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Pitch to Escobar. Swing and a high fly deep into right field. If it's fair, it's gone. It is way fair and way gone. Eduardo Escobar in the first pitch of the fifth inning makes it a 4-2 Brewers lead. 10-3 Brewers get the win. A Luis Urias home run, two Eduardo Escobar home runs, one from each side of the plate. Lorenzo Cain going deep as well. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I'm Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside a text message from Doug. He says, uh, this team is getting more dangerous by the day. Two grand slams in five games, pretty impressive. If this power keeps up, they're the favorites. And if Hauser keeps pitching like this, he's got to be the third starter in the playoffs. A hot take from Doug putting Adrian Hauser as the third starter in the play. I disagree. Doug and I, I I am very grateful that Doug is as loyal of a listener as he is because he is incredible when it comes to listening every single night. We disagree on a lot of things. And I think one of the things that uh, Doug and I disagree on, I am a more loyal uh, person than him when it comes to sports. I'm not talking about, I don't know anything about Doug in real life. Uh, but when it comes to sports, Doug is very quick to just kind of move on from people. Or if somebody's having a bad, bad month or whatever, let's just 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 put somebody else in. Just get, you know, go with the go with whoever. And I am more loyal. I, I Doug at times called for Christian Yelich not to play as much, and and, and I mostly uh, once we got past the All Star break, I started acknowledging that okay, it's a, it's getting to a point now where you do have to look at his production. But I always believe that you keep putting him in the lineup every single day or close to every single day and he's going to come around and I think we've seen him come around so Augie I don't know about you but I am not doing anything other than the combination of uh, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta as the top three starters in the postseason no matter how well Adrian Hauser, Eric Lauer, Brett Anderson, Aaron Ashby insert other pitchers name here pitches. Well I agree with you I think uh, those guys have done it all year long they've gone and proven they're as as a three they're probably the best 
best group of pitchers in the in the major leagues, the way they've been throwing the ball. And I think you stay with it. Uh, these are the guys who've gotten to where you're going, and they deserve that that opportunity to pitch in the postseason. But I think the one thing you always want to do, you always want to make sure that you get many people ready as possible, whether it could be an injury or ex, uh, you get into a series, you go deep in the series where you need that extra starter. you got to have someone ready. And what's so good about the Brewers is that not only do they have the top three that are throwing the ball so well, Freddie will get back on track in his next few starts, but you got three other guys that really are throwing the ball very well that you can insert depending on what the matchup is. And I think matchup is going to be huge when we get into postseason. Depending on how you're playing, how you're going to play, or what team you're playing, that matchup is going to decide who's going to be the starter. The other guys can go to bullpen and just make your bullpen that much stronger. Augie, I have changed my tune on something. I, I don't just take an opinion and stick my head in the sand and, and stick with it. I've, I've evolved a little bit on something because conventional wisdom, when you look at a standard postseason, you can really get through the divisional series with three starters, and then you can get through the championship series and the World Series. Even if you play out the entire series, you can generally get through with four starters uh, if you want to. I, I actually think that the Brewers are going to increase that. I think there'll be a four-man rotation in the Divisional Series and a five-man rotation in the Championship Series. We've seen them pitch on extra rest all season long. To me, when you've got such good four and five pitchers, you're just asking for trouble to all of a sudden ask a Brandon Woodruff, a Corbin Burns, a Freddie Peralta to pitch on four days rest when they have been pitching on five days rest all season long. Uh, maybe it works works out maybe it doesn't maybe if it's a if it's an elimination game you change things up a little bit but pitching has been so good uh, beyond those top three I think I would go form a four-man rotation the divisional series and a five-man rotation in, in the championship series in the world series I agree with you. I, I think when you look at what this ball club has done, and they're the one that from right from the beginning talked about that six-man starter, and I think that's going to play a huge role in the way they decide as they go into the into the playoffs and 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 see who they play. I still believe it's going to be matchups, but the one good thing that this Brewer ball club, their starters are all pitching so well. They got enough starters that they can use combinations and they can make up a either a four-man rotation or even a five-man rotation if they have to and they're going to be have some really good balance. But I just think as you get into the playoffs, it's going to be all about the number of off days you have, the rest that you just talked about. Uh, you want to keep everybody on their same routine if possible because it's been very successful. And I think when the time comes, it's going to be all about matchups. But this club has got enough starters, and you can even throw Aaron Ashby on the, in the back end of that. Uh, it makes you pretty in a pretty good situation coming into the postseason. Yeah, they got seven guys on the big league roster right now that you would feel like could take uh, could take the ball and give you a pretty good chance to win. And I don't think we can say that about many major league baseball teams. Oh, they do, and you know, you look at your your top three are have, have all year have been just dominant, and I think any team that goes in for a three game series that has to face those guys uh, knows that they're they got work on their hands for that series. But it's the it's not only those guys, the guys that bat behind it, the guys like Adrian Hauser, you know, who's done so well. Eric Lauer has come on so well, throwing the ball so good. You look at 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 and Brett Anderson, he's that veteran that I still believe that you put him in big games, he comes up big. 
league because he understands the postseason. He's a veteran that understands it. And then when you, th you talk about a, a young man who's been throwing the ball, Aaron Ashby's just been throwing the ball very well. He's that versatile guy, that flexible guy that they're trying to get a little bit of bullpen work that he can go both ways. So it's getting really interesting as we get close. But as, sooner, as soon as we get closer to the last two weeks of the, the season, you're going to see guys... Uh, the Brewers kind of stagger things around, and you can kind of see what direction they're going to go. Nick in Milwaukee text in asking if we have any insight on who might uh, be the first starter in the playoffs. I, I don't have any insight on it. My gut feeling says Brandon Woodruff. I feel like they would probably, if, if they're just able to do whatever they want to do, which they should be able to based off uh, the divisional lead that they have right now, I feel like it would probably go Woodruff, Burns, and then Peralta in games one, two, and three. But to that end, Augie, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, you know, they'll play that final three three-game series of the year against the Dodgers, and that, that series is probably not going to mean a thing to the Brewers. So you, like, at, at first glance, you say, well, then you know what? You don't want any of those three starters anywhere near that series. But at the same time, the regular season ends, and then you have to play the wild card games, which the Brewers will not be participating in, and they'll finally get that NLDS underway a couple days later. So if... If Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta do not even appear at all during that Dodgers series, those guys are going to have like a week off before they pitch in the postseason, potentially more than a week off for the Game 2 or the Game 3 starter. So maybe it's a scenario where a Woodruff, a Burns, a Peralta starts those games but maybe throws like two innings just to get their work in um, and, and doesn't go much deeper than that. I don't know. That's going to be – yeah, there's – it's really good that the Brewers have the lead in the division that they have, but it's not 100% good because you kind of get stuck in these weird situations where these are not easy decisions to be made. Well, yeah, it, it all talks about each of those routines. You know, when you get it, all these pitchers have certain routines in which they, they want to go. They, no matter how long they pitch in the game, whether they throw 80 pitches or 70 pitches or 100 pitches, their routines between starts they are very consistent, and that's what they want to say. That's what they want to keep them. So I think when you set, you go into that last series, whether it's at the Dodgers, it'll depend on how they're setting up the playoffs. And I think they'll go with their starters. I think if it's in their routine to pitch and, and work through their, their regular routine before their next start, they will go out and start just like you said. Do they have to pitch five and six and seven innings? No. They do not. They can pitch three, four innings, get their good work in, and still stay on their routine. So I think it'll be interesting to watch what they do then. They may be setting up their bullpen a little bit, and you can see how they work. Or you, you never know. They may start someone different. Just that last start, you might see a, 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 a Brett Anderson start one of the games, or or uh, Brett Anderson or Ashby or somebody like that starting at one of those games, maybe the last game, and just to throw a couple innings and get the bullpen a lot of work. A reminder for you, we are watching our traffic alert as uh, I-43 southbound through the Marquette has been a bit of a mess due to a five-vehicle crash that included injuries. Things are starting to clear up a bit on it, but it's still uh, an area that there's some, some congestion. So if you want to avoid that area you would probably be well advised to do so. Brewers come up with the win. They knock off uh, Cleveland today 10-3. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Swing and a high fly, deep left field. Kane has left the yard. A grand. 
grand slam for Lorenzo Kane, and the Brewers indeed bust this one wide open. 9-2 Milwaukee. Kane one hit today, but it was a big one, a grand slam. Brewers scored 10 runs on 12 hits, and they knock off Cleveland by a 10-3 score in game one of this weekend series. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine here as well. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Jerry and the Dells texting in says, I'm 62, born and raised in Green Bay, been with this team since arriving from Seattle. This feels so much like 1982. What a journey. It may happen. Augie, with the win today, they get to 32 games over 500. They have never in the history of the organization been 32 games over 500. This team is just doing so many special things. And, you know, what you have to like about it, we, we can go back to the beginning of the season when they struggle at the plate. We knew that sooner or later this team was going to score some runs. But I, I have to go back and say, where do you start with this ball club? You start with pitching and defense. And it was it, it was the the three guys of of Brandon Woodruff and, and Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, they got the thing started along with this good, solid ball, bullpen with, with Josh and, and Devin out there pitching, the, throwing the ball very well. Then all of a sudden, they played very good defense, and now the offense has taken, taken over. And this team is just doing everything very well. They're getting good at-bats. As the game goes along, they see they get better at-bats. And uh, uh, it just seems that every day you go out, it's just fun to watch them because every day is something new. It's a new game. And uh, they've done some really special things. They've swung the bat very well at, the, at times. They pitch very well most of the time. And I tell you what, when you, get, when you put all three phases of the game like they are right now, they are extremely tough to beat. Augie, the magic number is down to nine, and I'm not trying to put the cart in front of the horse here, but when you look at the schedule, it looks likely that the Brewers will clinch the division, they will do it at home, and they will do it probably against probably against the Cubs, maybe against St. Louis, depending on how things go, depending on how uh, the Reds play. There is, a, there is a scenario where if the Brewers, say, don't lose a game on this road trip and the Cubs go into, uh, into a bit of a, not the Cubs, but the Reds go into a bit of a dive here, that the Brewers could potentially uh, clinch uh, while on the road. But the likely scenario is that they are clinching at home and if you remember, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, they, they did a lot of clinching on the road. Brewers fans have not really had the opportunity to celebrate moments like those at home. So, again, not trying to put the card in front of the horse, but it seems like things are, are setting up in a pretty good way. Well, I tell you what, I think if you talk about this ball club, they, they just love having fans back in the stands after what happened last year. And the fans mean so much to this ball club. I think it, they have a lot to do with the energy that there is with this ball club. We all know what Willie Adamas has done for the organization since he's come over. But the fans in the ballpark, each and every night you go to the ball game, it's fun because they're loud, they enjoy what they're watching, and they're back in this team. So I think it would be nothing better for this ball club. And I want them to clinch it as soon as possible, but I think it would be very, very special for them to go home and clinch it at home. I think it would be just uh, just a little added, added uh, subtitle to this season, the way it's gone, to finish, win it at home, and be able to celebrate with the fans. 
Southside Chuck texting in, did you ever think we'd have to choose what to do for the last series of the year with our pitching? I've never seen the Brewers with such a good staff up and down with middle relievers, closers, starters. It's amazing to me. I think you're correct. I'd at least put our aces in against the Dodgers just to stay fresh. I would just, I would be uncomfortable to watch one of those guys pitch a playoff game where they had not appeared in a game for over a week. That would make me a little bit uncomfortable. I don't love the idea of them being in that series against the Dodgers, but I'd love less the idea of them going over a week and then being in the postseason. So lucky for the Brewers, those are the types of decisions they're making this year and not other types of uh, more challenging decisions. And again, we'll see how it all plays out when we get closer to that point. 855 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When we return, the postgame comments of Manager Craig Council. That's next. It's Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Pitch to Escobar, hitting from the right side of the plate, and he sends a drive out to deep left. We've got a winner and another home run for Eduardo Escobar. Ambush on the first pitch, and Escobar is now homered from both sides of the plate. Yeah, pretty good uh, Pretty good when you can have a day like that, hitting one from each side. Eduardo Escobar swinging a hot bat once again. We were just talking about the fact that he hadn't been hitting many home runs with the Brewers, so what does he do? He hits three home runs in two games. That gets people like me to shut up. 10-3, Brewers get the win over Cleveland manager Craig Council, speaking with the media just a bit ago. Talked uh, as he opened up his post-game comments uh, just about uh, what his team has been doing and what they did tonight from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, we we. We had a nice night tonight with uh, hitting some home runs in some big spots, so I'll take we'll take them. Do you, th- you think the guys had a little more bounce in their step to you know get a little refresh yesterday? It's been a long time since they had a blow. I, I mean, I think the off day was certainly welcome for everybody. Um, no, I, mean, I thought we just did a good job tonight. We, um, I thought their starting pitcher. We had, uh, you know, I thought it was important that we. And guys like that, you just learn from the first time around the, on the lineup and then take advantage of them as, as you get the second and third times through. And I thought that's that's kind of exactly what we did. Um, and then obviously Lowe had the big blow with, uh, with the grand, uh, with the slam off the lefty. But um, I, I thought we did a nice job with their starter, just making it hard on them all night. And then as we got more – as each kind of lineup went through the lineup again, we got we, – the bats got even better. Craig, with the way that Adrian's night started, just with the walks and the errors and the long inning, I mean, for him to get through six innings, uh, I mean, what what kind of effort did that show you? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was just, you know, the first inning could have gone sideways pretty fast. Uh, you know, we had we had bullpen action in the first inning, um, so you know, he, he made some pitches finally, or not finally, but we get we, we he got Levar way out, which is important. I mean, he was plus thirty plus pitches into that inning. And, um, you know, after that, he, you know, he was on cruise control. And, I, and in the first inning, obviously, we, we created, you know, some of that defensively with some mistakes. Um, but, you know, he, he walked a couple guys um, that, that created some pitch count. But after that, he was, he was, he was brilliant after that. He, he really was. I mean, he just pitched really well. The ball was on the ground. Um, and just it was very, very solid. Craig, tonight in one game, we sort of saw the growing pains of uh, Weicho and then also the great offense. You know, 20 home runs for just such a young player. You know, he made a couple more errors, but he kind of makes up for it with his back. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought he came back and made a really nice play on Rosario, too, and I think the fourth on a tough play, that, that was big. And then, the, obviously, the home run put us put us ahead. So, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a tough play in the, the – you know the first play of the game, Straw's a really good runner, and so you're getting rid of it. And and then he just then he just got caught on it with his feet, got a little dead on the on the next one, um, or a little. He didn't move his feet well. It's probably not the best way to say it, but um, you know that's that's part of it. Um, you know he's 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 doing a really nice job offensively still, um, and he made a couple of nice plays defensively later in the game. Jones. Two catchers interferences in the same game, differently done too. You don't see many scoops with the face mask called in the major league. Yeah, it was, you know, that was. I mean, it was for the umpire to catch it. It was slight, but he did he did stop it with his mask for sure. Um, yeah, and then I, the, the the next one was a two strike. You know, the Wito, the when Luis got the two strike catcher interference, that turned out to be a, a huge play because because Lorenzo. Homer came right after that, so um, that was that was a big play that kind of set, helped set up that inning. Actually, Eduardo, huh? we should mention a guy that hits home runs from both sides of the plate. You don't see that very often either. Yeah, it's it's you know he, it's funny he he'd only I think he'd had two home runs going into Wednesday night's game, um, and he you know he took some good swings Wednesday night before the home run I thought, and then he, and then. He got a ball in the seventh, and then tonight he, you know, he just missed one early in the game and um, got two, and frankly, just missed one his his last at bat as well. That's manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago. Brewers get the ten three win in Cleveland. How did it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next here on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up. This. Get up. And this. Get out of here. Time for tonight highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 10-3, Brewers get the win over the Indians pitching matchup. Adrian Hauser on the mound for the crew. His first appearance since uh, throwing the uh, shutout his last time out. Eli Morgan starting for Cleveland. Interesting first inning. It gets started with Colton Wong being hit by a pitch. Eduardo Escobar then flies out. Wong tags up from first, takes second. Christian Yelich then grounds out. Wong takes third, so the Brewers still don't have a hit in the inning, and they score a run thanks to a bit of a gift. Down low and knocked down by LaVarnway. Slider that time from Morgan, and we're going to get a balk on Morgan, and that is going to allow Colton Wong to score the game's first run. So no pitch. It'll be 0-0 on Garcia, and tomorrow... Hale, the acting manager for the Cleveland Indians, wants to know what John Bacon, the home plate umpire, called there. And what it was was LaVarnway, the catcher, touched the ball with his mask. You can't do that. Uh, so the run scores on the mistake made by the catcher, LaVarnway. That is the second time that has happened this year in Major League Baseball. I don't know if I'd ever seen it happen before this year. I like to think that I'm pretty good when it comes to rules in baseball. I didn't know that rule existed before this year. I now know it. We've seen it twice. Brewers lead one nothing. Indians would uh, take the lead in their portion of the first inning. Miles Straw leads the inning off by reaching on a throwing error by Luis Urias. He then steals second, uh, and he steals third as well. Jose Ramirez reaches on a walk. He steals second, uh, and with uh, one out, Bobby Bradley comes up to the plate. 
Bradley, line drive, center field, base hit. That's going to score a couple, the Indians take the lead. Bobby Bradley, a two-out RBI hit. And for the first time in two starts, Hauser's given up a run. Yeah, I said one out. It was two outs for Bradley. Anyways, uh, Yucheng then reaches on a uh, fielding error by Luis Urias. After a walk to Bradley Zimmer, the bases are loaded for Ryan LaVarnway. Veteran catcher, ground ball to third. Escobar has that and throws to Colton Wong. They get the force out on Zimmer, and the inning finally comes to a close. The Indians get two runs in the inning. Couple errors that inning from Luis Urias, but he would do his best to make up for it in the fourth when Omar Narvaez leads off with a double and with one out, it is Urias at the plate. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Urias, and he turns on this one to deep left field. Zimmer's back. He's at the track. He looks up. It is gone for Luis Urias. A two-run blast, his 20th of the season, and the Brewers grab a 3-2 lead. Speaking of home runs, they would keep coming. We go to the fifth inning. It all gets started with Eduardo Escobar, first pitch of the inning. Next pitch to Escobar. Swing and a high fly deep into right field. If it's fair, it's gone. It is way fair and way gone. Eduardo Escobar, the first pitch of the fifth inning, makes it a 4-2 Brewers lead. Avisail Garcia gets a base hit. Omar Narvaez gets a base hit. And then Daniel Vogelback walks. So the bases loaded for Luis Urias. The kick and the pitch. Swing and a foul in and out of the glove of LaVarnway. And we're going to get catcher's interference. So LaVarnway is going to pick up his second error of the ball game. And the Brewers are going to get another run. And part of the reason why Urias A didn't make contact and B why LaVarnway couldn't hang on to it because his glove got in the way of the bat. Tough day for Ryan LaVarnway behind the plate. Uh, new pitcher comes into the game. That's uh, Sam Hentges. Uh, he would get Rowdy Telez to uh, pop out, but then Lorenzo Kane comes up with the biggest hit of the game. Swing and a high fly. Deep left field. Kane has left the yard. A grand slam for Lorenzo Kane. And the Brewers indeed bust this one wide open. 9-2 Milwaukee. Not done yet. Sixth inning, the leadoff hitter in the inning, Eduardo Escobar. Pitch to Escobar, hitting from the right side of the plate, and he sends a drive out to deep left. We've got a winner and another home run for Eduardo Escobar. Ambush on the first pitch, and Escobar is now homered from both sides of the plate. And it was first pitch swinging on each of those with him leading off the inning each time. And he gets it from each side of the plate. Good day for Eduardo Escobar. Next hitter is Christian Yelich. And Yelich towards the middle. That's a base hit. Everybody has reached base safely for the Brewers tonight. And Yelich uh, gets that hitting streak uh, continuing on. He's got another one going here. Uh, modest hitting streak at, uh, what is it, I believe, five games, but nonetheless good to see uh, Christian Yelich come up with a hit before all is said and done. Yeah, that's a five-game hitting streak now for Yelich. Indians would add a run uh, in the eighth inning, but nothing more. Final score is 10-3. Good pitching performance from uh, Adrian Hauser as he goes six innings, giving up two runs, but neither were earned on a hit. Five strikeouts, five walks, and uh, the Brewers uh, get the win after Hauser was done. Jake Cousins would throw an inning. John Dillis Gustave would throw an inning, and Hunter Strickland would uh, throw an inning. It was Gustave who gave up the one run that uh, Cleveland 
was able to score late. So the Brewers do uh, pick up the win today, and with the victory, they go to 32 games over 500. First time that's ever happened in franchise history. They're 87 and 55. Uh, for the Indians, they drop to 69 and 70. Ten runs, 12 hits, two errors, and eight left for the Brewers. Three runs, three hits, three errors, eight left for Cleveland. Adrian Hauser, the win, he goes to nine and six. Eli Morgan, the loss, he's two and seven. Home runs, Urias his 20th, Escobar his 26th and 27th, Kane his eighth. The game lasting three hours and 24 minutes, played in front of a crowd of 17,667 folks uh, at Progressive Field in Cleveland. 10-3, the final score. We'll preview game two of this series, give you some scores from around baseball, update the playoff races. We'll do that next. It's Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studio, this is News Radio WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Brewers get the 10-3 win over Cleveland. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. Some obscure stats from this game, courtesy of uh, Doug Kernel at DAKern74 on Twitter. Luis Urias, it's the third award of catcher's interference this season. The only other Brewers to have three uh, catcher's interferences where they reach uh, uh, in a single season. Ryan Braun in 2019 and 2018. Jesus Aguilar in 2019. Craig Council did it in 2004. And Paul Molitor did it in 1991. So no one did it between Molitor in 91 and Council in 04. Also, Urias, second player in Brewers history with a home run, a double, and a catcher's interference awarded in the same game. The only other player to ever do that was Ryan Braun against Atlanta in May of 2015, which, interestingly enough, 2015, not one of the years where Braun had uh, three catchers' interferences. So this is Lurice, the first player in Brewers history to have all those things happen in a season where he has three catchers' interferences. How about that for fun stats before all is said and done for the day? Uh, a glance at the standings with everything that has gone down throughout the night, and right now the uh, Dodgers and Padres uh, are still matched up, so that's not over yet. Uh, but the uh, Braves now have a four-and-a-half game lead in the East over the Phillies. Braves are going to win that division. Uh, Giants lead over the Dodgers right now is sitting at three. That's going to either be uh, two-and-a-half or three-and-a-half, depending on what happens with the Padres-Dodgers game as far as the wild card goes, with the Reds beating the Cardinals, the Reds are within a half game of the Padres. If the Padres end up losing to the Dodgers, that will be a uh, virtual tie for that second wild card. Cardinals have fallen three and a half games back uh, in the division. And you just wonder, are the Cardinals officially done quite yet? We'll, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on that uh, before all is uh, said and done. As far as that uh, game goes, by the way, between the Bod- uh, Padres and Dodgers, it is the Dodgers leading 3 nothing. Brewers and Indians to Tomorrow, a 5-10 first pitch. That means coverage at 435. Corbin Burns against Zach Plesak. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you after the game with another edition of Brewers Extra Innings. Once again, Brewers get the win tonight over Cleveland 10-3. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on WTMJ.